0: Welcome to Cosmic Scene with Jill Jardine. I'm your host, Jill Jardine, longtime astrologer, psychic healer, and yogi. In today's episode, my guest is Hillary Harley, a colleague astrologer who has so much to share about 2021. You're going to want to tune in. Welcome to the episode on the astrology of. 2021, with my guest, fellow astrologer and colleague Hilary Harley. Hilary has been an astrologer for 20 years. She's been living in the Boston area for 35 years, and she has two 20 something daughters who live in New York. Hilary's website is hilaryharley.com. That is H I L A R Y H A R L E Y.com. Hillary Practices, Counseling, Astrology, and Artistic Recovery. Welcome, Hillary. Thank you so much
1: for having me, Jill.
0: Oh, I'm so glad that you are here live in the podcast studio. Kit, Would you mind telling my clients a little bit, my, my listeners, clients, a little bit about the artistic recovery part of your work? So what I was
1: finding with clients of mine were that a lot of them were coming to me having been suppressed, repressed, uh, told not to pursue uh, various art forms when they were growing up. And so I just developed this methodology with them looking at their moon placement by phase, by sign, by house. Also, their, what's in their fifth house, which has to do with creativity, And I'm able to help them pull out of whatever kind of hole they find themselves in and move forward with their creative um, endeavors.
0: That's fascinating. And people probably don't realize that can, creativity can show up as not just music or dance, but... Exactly. Even exactly. their intuitive gifts. Exactly. Well, and that is
1: really exploding. I'm sure you've seen that in your practice these days. Yes. Um, so many people are really discovering that it's okay, you know, to put aside their... cultural programming or conditioning and uh, really hone in on their talents and allow them to shine and bring them out of the closet, so to speak, where a lot of them have been, you know, hiding for many years. So um, that is what I really stress with people is that creativity is problem solving. It is all manner of connecting the dots. It is not limited to the fine arts, ballet, music, painting. It's all manner of, you know, it can be scientific. It can be certainly business, creative endeavors, tech. Tech is a crazy creative. So,
0: wow. I think that with uh, Saturn and Jupiter transiting through Aquarius <laughs> this year, you're going to see a big boost in that interest Definitely. Among, among people. So Hillary is here on Cosmic Scene today. We're going to discuss the year 2021 and some of the key astrological aspects for better or for worse. So Hillary, what, what strikes you right, right out of the gate here about 2021 astrologically? Uh, The struggle
1: that's coming down the pike between Uranus and Saturn in fixed signs.
0: For you listeners who may not be aware of what the fixed signs are, they are Aquarius, fixed air, which is where Jupiter and Saturn will be transiting this year. Taurus, fixed Earth, which is where Uranus and Mars will be traveling through in the beginning of the year and Uranus all year. Then we have Leo, where we have several full moons occurring this year. Leo is the fixed fire sign. And the New Year's Day chart starts with a moon in Leo. And then we have two full moons with the sun in Leo, moon in Aquarius during the summer of 2021, and then the fixed water sign, which is Scorpio. So if you are somebody with your sun sign or you know you have other planets in the fixed signs, hang on to your hat.
1: It's going to rock them and sock them this year.
0: Yeah. So let's go through each month and kind of pick out the highlights, Hillary, of what's going down with the aspects, and then we can muse on how we think that might play out. So
1: I've just been guiding anybody who asks and clients. And when I do my forecasts on mystical messages, talking about the stretch between January uh, 10th to the 21st, because that looks a little dicey right before. I
0: concur. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Like right before the new moon, Uh, you know, Mars is coming up to Uranus. And that's always some really surprising energy, and uh, then right around the inauguration, it looks really tense. So just lay low uh, that ten day stretch is what I've been telling people.
0: Right, and I think that there may be even some level of volatility in the United States capital around that time as yeah, well. Yeah. So it's just a time of tension and. I would say even some unresolved issues coming to a head, especially at that new moon on the 30th in Capricorn. We were trying to say bye-bye, Capricorn, but Pluto's still there, (laughs) and we've got got Mercury going through there at the beginning of the month as well as uh, the Sun, and then we've got that tight T-square with Uranus and Mars. Uranus, people have to understand, is surprises and shocks, and then you throw Mars in, which is aggressive energy, And then it squares up against Saturn and Jupiter that are trying to move forward into new energy.
1: Yeah, it's just really a powder keg when I look at it. So, you know, it can also be really exciting if you're moving in the right direction, but just expect surprises that week.
0: Right, and I would put off if you are antsing to get away. There are COVID restrictions, by the way, but if people are antsing to get away, as some are wont to do, um, that might be a weird time for travel as well because it could even show up in weird weather phenomena and things like that. Yes. So there's the beginning of the year and we move forward to um, the full moon in January, which is going to be the sun. In Aquarius, a Moon in Leo, what do you pick up on that, Hillary?
1: Um, that's making a fun T-square, like a, a challenge, like three boxers in a ring. Only it's more than that. It's like four boxers in a ring, and they're really going at it, and they're each entrenched, and they each want to have their own way, and um, you know it, their heels are dug in. So I would just uh, keep. tempers might be running really high that week leading into the 28th, 29th, especially with Mercury going retrograde on the 29th. So just watch your words, watch your language. If you need to make commitments, just, just, you know, make sure you've done your research and you've dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's.
0: Well, you know, I I do agree with that because of the fact that going into February, then coming off that full moon at the end of January, we're going to have five planets. It's a free-for-all in Aquarius, basically. Oh my gosh, A February (laughs) free-for-all. I mean, as an Aquarian, I'm kind of looking forward to it. But then again, I live with that energy. But I think for the general public, it might get a little scary. Um, And I just think it's going to be like, boom, 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 one thing after another as each of these planets go in. Yeah, Mercury will be going retrograde all of February, pretty much. But until the 20th, but it's still going to bring up a lot of opportunity and things people might think they want to make quick decisions about. But as you said, hold off on committing, especially during the end of January and February.
1: Yeah, I mean, I learned a long time ago with Mercury retrograde. I mean, people think it's like this really... Difficult period, and yes, it can have um, some challenges associated with it. But to do the RE words as in retrograde, like research, reflect, review, restore, reassess, re- re- yep, recreate, re- yep, exactly. reevaluate,
0: <laughs> keep going, keep going, <laughs> RE, recalibrate,
1: yep all of those words. Reassign. You know, it's like a natural part of the cycle where it's like winter. It's, you know, time to lay low and really stop what you're doing and, and exactly reassess and review and, you know, like cleaning out your file drawers, the stuff that nobody wants to do, but that it makes you, you know, a much more efficient person when mercury goes direct.
0: Right. So the first Mercury retrograde of 2021 will be from January 30th through February 20th. Take opportunity to reassess, reevaluate, realign. But the other thing about Mercury retrograde that I find out that no matter whatever sign it's in, even, I mean, so an air sign is like rethink. um, You can do a lot of inner work and a lot of inner practice. Um, Meditate, chant, pray, yoga, anything that allows you to connect deeper Mm -hmm. with yourself during a mercury retrograde will certainly pay off when it goes direct.
1: Yeah. And especially during the winter, it's a really good time to get a massage or do self-care, you know, certainly resting in the winter months and taking a nap is not all that bad of an idea.
0: Right. Rest and restore. So then moving into March of 2020, it looks like we get a break, right, Hillary, after the craziness of the first two months? Yeah,
1: the first two months are rocking and rolling for sure. And then March, I have the new moon um, is lovely on the 13th, 14th. And I, in fact, I noted to myself, like, if anybody asks me about dates to get married, not that people are planning big, lavish weddings these days because of COVID, but it looks like a really lovely time because um, the new moon is in Pisces and it's conjoined to Venus and Neptune. And they both align really lovely to Pluto and Capricorn and Jupiter and Taurus. So that just looks like a really nice time to build your dreams and big love. And Pisces is all about unifying and unification.
0: Yes. So it does sound like a good time to make a love connection <laughs> after all that COVID loneliness, or it's a good time to say <laughs> bye-bye to the existing relationship and, and get on uh, Tinder as Carrie Brett would say, and shot at love. But, um, that's, that's great to know that that new moon, the 13th, 14th of March is a very nice water and earth sign love fest. Yeah. So it is a good time to, you know, reconnect and I don't know, self-love, universal love, personal love, chant your love mantras. Yeah, do some major
1: bridge building. You know, after all the difficulties of 2020 and even the end of 2019, you know, it was pretty dicey. It just, March looks like a really calm period to just restore and reach out and reach across our, the divides that separate us.
0: Great advice, Hillary. It also sounds like a good time to to get away and go to the Caribbean and soak oh. in some <laughs> tropical seas oh. and yes. relax and release. Yes. So I'd wait and take those vacations around that new moon in March mm-hmm. in s- instead of f- frenetic and frantic February.
1: Yeah, February and definitely the end of January look pretty, pretty choppy.
0: So then, um, we have the spring equinox comes in on the twenty first of March, and so the second half. What, what do you what do you see with the second half of March? Any major aspects?
1: I mean, there's a full moon uh, conjunct to Chiron, which is about healing, and also the sun and Venus in Aries. So I looked at that as like new healing modalities, like. How are we going to build those bridges? It's great to have ideas, you know, coming around the new moon in mid-March, but how are you going to actually do it? And that spring equinox, the full moon is a week later on the 28th, um, and that really is like the surge of Aries energy, firepower, go-to initiative, self-starting energy to get going. It's like the ignition on a car.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like it's a good time to start your new exercise regimes. (laughs) It's the beginning of the astrological new year on March 21st. So if you really drop the ball with your new year resolutions in January, because of all the craziness, Hey, you get a second chance and start up those exercise and health. And, um, health and happy regimes, right?
1: Yeah, and it's also, you know, the weather starts to get warmer at the end of March and we can start getting outside. I know when COVID hit last year, you know, it's never a great time for a pandemic, but at least we could get outside.
0: (laughs) Right, plan the pandemic next time. But no, it did and it made us really, really appreciate that warm weather that came in the um late in May and June and July. And for sure. So as we move forward into twenty twenty one, we get into April.
1: Oh, uh, lovely April. April in Paris. <laughs> Maybe not. And what is
0: your <laughs> forecast, Hillary, for April?
1: Um, April looks really dicey to me. So um, you know, April tends to be statistically the most violent month, which I I don't like to dwell on. I don't. I'm not an, a pessimist or kind of a dark art. Or a Debbie Downer. Debbie Downer, exactly. And uh, the full moon at the end, in particular, of uh, April on the 26th. Uh, looks really challenging because uh, Pluto, the god of the underworld, turns direct. And so one of the things that is really great about March in particular is that all the planets are direct motion for like eight weeks, which is very unusual. And then April 26th, there's this full moon. And the day before on the 25th, Pluto which is about our shadow and things we don't really want to acknowledge or see turns direct. And I think there's a chance for that stretch, you know, like the 24th, 25th, 26th to be
0: a really uh, tricky, shall we say. Right. Pluto Pluto <laughs> pops forward and the gig is up. I mean, I saw that. It's funny because it's a high spiritual moon in the um, Buddhist tradition called the wisak oh. moon. Every year, it's when the um, sun is transiting Taurus and the moon is in Scorpio. So it's a high spiritual ceremony to the Buddhists. But I've also seen the trend of that full moon to have some kind of reverberation on the economy. And I really see it this year that at that Taurus-Scorpio full moon and Pluto going direct the day before, we're going to get a scoop on the economy that is probably not going to be so good. And I think there's something around the stock markets being really affecting Pluto plummeting the markets. You know, again, we're not trying to be Debbie Downers. We're giving you a heads up. So, you know, you can shift some things around ahead of time. Exactly. But yeah, that's going to be a little bit of a precursor, I think, for the next six months till the opposite full moon when the um, sun is in Scorpio, Moon and Taurus. So we'll have six months of trying to reboot an economy that I think was falsely bolstered up in the past year or so. Yeah,
1: because you're right. I mean, that is a heavy duty money sign moon, full moon on the 26th. You got four planets in Taurus. The Sun, Mercury, Venus, and Uranus. And then they're all opposite the moon and Scorpio. So it's it it these are the money signs and Pluto rules Scorpio. So it could be really challenging.
0: Yeah, and then throw Saturn squaring all that into the mix. Ooh, fun times. Funsies, especially for the Taurians in the crowd. <laughs> Uh, make hay while the sun shines in those first four months towards, but the yeah. And the 26th of um, April, that's an early, that's a very early too, Taurus Scorpio mm-hmm. full moon. So, very, yeah. so then how, how do you see that playing out into May of 2021?
1: Well, May I noticed was pretty calm. You know, I, I didn't really see any major uh, activity. The only thing I did notice was Jupiter goes into its ancient rulership of Pisces uh, May 14th, uh, which is also around the new moon, and it stays in Pisces through July. And that's going to take some of the edge off because Jupiter likes being in Pisces. It helps us flow. And again, we need all the unity and unification spirit we can handle. Right.
0: That's a very nice, um, you know, connective placement for Jupiter, the guru in Vedic astrology going home is sort of like, okay, we're going to come back around to what has worked before. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in a new way, try something that we know will work. So that might give hope for the economic down cycles we're seeing uh kind of funny though we're seeing a trend with 2021 we get a nasty and then we get a nice and then we get a nasty and we get a nice <laughs> so just you know ride those waves right i said it's Seriously. the year of the aquarian wave coming in with saturn and jupiter and so if people you know know about aquarius it is not necessarily smooth sailing um, the glyph is lightning in, it, in one of the uh, symbols. So things can strike like lightning and they can wreak havoc, but then they're gone the right. next day. Exactly. So just, you know, be prepared for the unexpected. We saw a lot of that in 2020, but this is a different type of unexpected.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And then uh, the end, The only thing that's really dicey in May is uh, the eclipse. We have the first eclipse of 2021 that's on May 26th which should be right around Memorial Day uh, weekend. So just watch for that. It's in Gemini. The sun will be in Gemini and the moon's in Sagittarius. And we've got Jupiter in the middle. So it's all about truth telling. What's your truth, true path, words, how you use them. And it's highlighting um, Mercury in particular. Mercury rules Gemini, but it's also turning retrograde um, just three days after the eclipse first you know, it's for six weeks, it's going to be in Gemini. So that can be really dicey where watching your words and language and knowing how language matters so much.
0: Right. And the other thing about that eclipse, I mean, people ask me like, oh, what happens when an eclipse falls in my sign? And Recently, I did have a Gemini client ask me, I said, well, you have to just be, you know, doubly careful during this time. Geminis and Sagittarians, because what I have seen about eclipses, they tend to take something away. And you can either offer it up and release it yourself or the universe has a way of taking these things away at eclipses. So Mm -hmm. I would say that Gemini and Sagittarians have to be aware at that time. And like you said, all these precautionary advice about words and, um, you know, where they direct their anger or they direct their emotions. They should just be very chill during that time period.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And Gemini tends to, you know, want to get ahead of the curve, but it's also the twins. Like one of the twins is laying low. It's about listening, hearing integration you know, the, the that gets short shrift, I think, in our society today, you know, versus the dominant twin, which is about talking and speaking. So just remember to balance those two twins and give them each
0: their turn. Right. The evil twin and the good twin. <laughs> find that find that place in between both. I don't know how many charts of twins you've you've read over the years. I've
1: read a few. I've always got gotten asked about twins and how how can they be different? How how are they so similar? But you know, if you have more experience with that.
0: Yeah. I actually have had quite a few twins in my years, um, as clients and it's quite fascinating because what happens is they have the same chart basically. And so one will act out like the, the fun aspects with Jupiter and Venus and Mm -hmm. be having a nice cushy life while the other (laughs) one is struggling with Pluto and Saturn. And then it tends to switch and then the, the first twin has to deal with Pluto and Saturn and then the other one gets the break. So it, it tends to do that. And it's whether, they're you know the same gender twin or boy-girl twin it does play out that way quite fascinating. that is okay so we're gonna get out of Gemini now and move into the Cancerian <laughs> month of of June. What do you think what do you see happening in June? Well there's the second
1: uh eclipse on uh the 10th the new moon solar eclipse and that also looks a little dicey because it's challenging Neptune so Just watch for delusion, disillusionment, smoke and mirrors, spin. It's very similar to the period that we're in right now with um, Neptune challenging the lunar nodes. So if you're looking at, um, you know, particularly with mercury retrograde through that period from May 29th to about June 22nd, you really want to ask the hard questions. If you're looking to buy any kind of item, make sure that you do your homework, you do your research, you know, you ask, you look under the hood, as I say, and make sure that you're checking all the data and the facts and, and just doing your homework.
0: So that's early June, new moon, solar eclipse again. Gemini, tag you're it, <laughs> as, as our Sagitt- uh, as our Sagittarians, the opposite yeah. the sign, and yeah. then the other mutable signs of Virgo and Pisces. Yeah, they might be more vulnerable to those aspects.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's just you know you really want to watch for spin doctors and con artists around mid month because it it just. It was, people trying to pull the wool over your eyes or sell you a bill of goods that you don't really need.
0: You know, I was picking up on this happening um, in the second half of 2021, because I feel like if we do have some kind of economic down cycle, people are going to be scrambling to make money. And so they may not do things, you know, they may be doing some not above board things and they may be trying, there'll be a lot of scamming, I think. Yeah, show games. Yeah, scamming. And there may be a lot of fraud and um, hacking happening around that Uh, time. Oh, yeah. Because Gemini rules, you know, communication, communication technologies. In fact, I think that the Saturn in Aquarius during the whole year may open us up to more hacking as we saw what happened in the U.S. uh, with the government at the end of 2020. Yeah, for sure. So that's on the radar in 2020. The other, 2021. The other thing that I see with a lot of Gemini and the Aquarius and some of the air sign actually going up against the Taurian energies Mm -hmm. of Uranus is the rise of cryptocurrencies.
1: Oh, yeah, the Bitcoin.
0: Yeah, and other alternate forms of currency. So I think that might come on the radar starting at that solar eclipse in June. Yeah, for sure. That's,
1: yeah, I think, doesn't Gemini or Aquarius rule the cryptocurrency?
0: Yeah, I believe it. Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's Aquarius, actually. Yeah. So then what happens when we get out of Gemini into the Cancerian equinox at the end of the month? You know, I looked
1: at that and I was like, mid-July, it's like, the I wrote it's the happiest, calmest stretch of 2021. Yay! <laughs> so it's a little bit more like March where there's just a flow. And not at the beginning of July so much, but mid to end of July, the beginning of August, it just looks great for vacation time um it's just calm celestially
0: yeah i also feel like by then we'll be back to international flying again and so oh. people will be able to go on um you know airplanes safely that would be so nice to europe and uh we also have at the end of july i notice. well we have that two two aquarian full moon cycle with the mm-hmm. sun and leo isn't the first one on the 22nd right on the cusp
1: Yeah. Of July. Yeah. Yep. It is. It's right on the cusp and you know, that's, it's the 29th of, of cancer.
0: Yeah. 29 degrees. Yeah. So it's right on the cusp. And then we have the one in August as well. So You were talking about a full moon in August looking a little dicey.
1: Yeah, the new moon, um, sun and moon are in Leo conjoined, conjunct to Mercury, the messenger. And so that is an amazing time for big announcements um, right at that new moon. And Chinese numerology, 8-8, is very fortunate. So just anything that you want to plant for the
0: future is a really key day. Eight, eight the Lion's Gate with New Agers, which is considered a portal to higher dimensions. So it's also lucky in that way as well. So that's good to know. That could be a, a good wedding day for people.
1: Very good wedding day, for sure. And then as you were talking about the 20th, the full moon is really dicey because uh, Uranus, which is the change agent and the great awakener, Uh, goes retrograde right before the full moon on the 22nd. And the moon is conjoined to Jupiter and Aquarius at the very end degrees of Leo and Aquarius. So that, I, you know, it looks like big surprises and some shocks and awe. (laughs) uh I wonder
0: if somebody might pass away unexpectedly during that.
1: Yeah, that's what I was wondering if it's... um, Yeah, we don't have to say the the Tecumseh rule (laughs) (laughs) that everybody can read up on about the the Tecumseh rule.
0: Tecumseh rule in astrology, read up on that. Well, we'll have another podcast on that. But the other thing I think that might have to do with is like maybe it's trying to implement some kind of major social reform, Aquarius.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And
0: it's not what people thought it would be. Yep. It may be restricting their rights more than liberating them.
1: Absolutely. Yep. End
0: of August, right when you're getting ready to go back to school.
1: Yep. And yep. work. Yep. Yeah, and that leads into the new moon, which is on Labor Day, Monday, the 6th, and it's conjoined that new moon to um, Mars, which is all about giddy-up, you know, uh, Mars and the sun and the moon and Virgo. That's all about work and labor and manifestation energy um, because it's aligning beautifully to Pluto in Capricorn. So, you know, all the... The pot stirring that's going on at the end of August. Hopefully, you know, we can take the lessons learned and uh, turn it around after Labor Day.
0: Yeah, I think there will be sort of a make up for lost time energetic throughout this year because of the loss of, quote, time that people had in 2020. And I think there are going to be windows as we are sharing that it's a time, it's a go time, and it's a Stop, reevaluate, reassess, wait, and then the trigger's pulled and it's time to go again. So I feel like it's going to be a very start, not stop year, but start and wait, start and wait theme throughout the year. And that um, some of the personal people's personal agendas may not line up with what the collective or the government um, power broker agendas are. Exactly.
1: It's a lot of fits and starts and you know, gear shifts. It's right, like, right. you know, you can't get out of second gear and then all of a sudden you're driving in the fast lane, you know.
0: Right. <laughs> in so first gear. Be ready for anything. And I just think that with all this, it's still another year of a lot of external surprises coming in from outside of us. So again, the impotence to go within and really Mm -hmm. navigate you know get in touch with your personal gps system instead of looking for direction from outside of you that really is going to be the key and i think the jupiter transit into pisces is going to help people with that
1: yeah absolutely and september i noticed does give us a bit of reprieve because saturn and uranus are the farthest apart They are during the month of September and October, so they're not going at it and struggling with each other so much as the way they were earlier in the year or, again, in the later part of the year. And that really helps to calm things down.
0: Right. That will give us time to kind of get back to normalcy again. And a Vedic astrologer friend of mine had said that uh, she sees in the fall we may have another, um, health situation, not necessarily COVID reactivating, but perhaps another, another situation, uh, not such on the pandemic scale, but a reactivation of health issues. Oh, wow. So, uh, I don't know where, where she sees that in the chart, but I think it may be, as we go into Scorpio again you know oh, at the yeah. end of October late October which was a tough time it began the tough time in 2020
1: yeah and, and there are a lot of gear shifts at the beginning and the end of September cuz mercury goes retrograde the end of September on the 27th and then it's like dominoes um with the heavy hitters Turning direct motion. They were all retrograde in the spring and now in the fall they're turning direct again. So it's like boom, 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 one right after another. October 6th, Pluto turns direct right on that new moon, you know, conjoined to Mars and Mercury. So watch for a major message right around then.
0: Right. And I noticed that there is a lot of uh, these planets, the planetary action of Uranus and Pluto, Jupiter. Saturn going retrograde and direct happens to be right around some of the new and full moons, So right. that brings in, that's going to affect people and their emotions because the moon in astrology rules the emotions. So there will right. be a lot of emotional uh, ups and downs, topsy turvy uh, triggered again by outside events, which people really don't have control over. Exactly. Yeah. As autumn eclipses into winter, Don't you just feel like relaxing in front of the fire on a wintry night with a satisfying glass of wine? But you can't stand the pesticides and fillers you get in most wines? Let me tell you about Scout & Cellar clean-crafted wine. Scout & Cellar is organic, clean-crafted, and always free of synthetic pesticides, chemical additives, and sweeteners. Scout & Cellar wines come in every variety, from sparkling to rosé, whites to reds, in gift sets, cans, and bottles ideal for holiday gifts and celebrating the new year 2021. Try this delicious and pure wine straight from the grape to your glass at www.scoutandcellar.com slash Jill Jardine. So we're looking at October 2021, and there's the new moon, and uh, moving forward through October, do you see any other red flags or notable
1: Um, I, again, you know, Jupiter and Mercury both turn direct motion on the same day. And that's two days before the full moon. What day is that? That is, uh, October 20th. So on the 18th, Jupiter and Mercury, Mercury's the messenger and, you know, brings communication and announcements and it's going, you know, pushing forward at the same time as Jupiter, which is big and expansive. And they're doing this, they're, you know, turning direct right the day before, two days before the full moon on the 20th. So that looks pretty loaded to me in terms of like something big is being announced or emotions running extremely high.
0: Right. And that will be a full moon with the sun in Libra and moon in Aries. So mm-hmm. we've got the Aries martial volatility going to pop right, at right. that full moon. Right. And, um, uh, you know, on another note, this is all happening during the sign of Libra, which is about relationships. Uh, a lot of people <laughs> heading to divorce court too around that time, but yeah. still, yeah, there's a bigger picture going on where there could be something quite explosive and something that disrupts the balance, so to speak, of Libra. Exactly. Yeah. In late October.
1: Yeah, and that's just a couple weeks before uh, the new moon in Scorpio, um, November 4th, which is directly opposite Uranus and Taurus. And that's where Uranus comes back to its challenge with Saturn in Aquarius. So that looks like a pretty dicey new moon, you know, combustible, deeply layered psychology, you know, things burbling up from the underneath.
0: Everything scorpionic. Yeah.
1: Mysteries. (laughs) (laughs) Intrigue. Lies.
0: Sex lies and videotapes. Yep. Yep. Money. (laughs) Money. I do think that's, as I said, I think we're going to have quite a precarious financial year and that's going to be another hot time when we get into the Scorpio equinox on the new moon. And again, the the full moon, which is a big surprise in Scorpio on the 19th, right? Exactly. The
1: full moon lunar eclipse um, and it's Mercury, Mars, and the sun in Scorpio directly opposite that full moon in Taurus. So That is a full moon lunar eclipse, and it's the first of two, the second of which will be December 4th. So a lot of truth-telling coming out. The law, education, speaking truth to
0: power. Right, and again, financial markets, Scorpio Taurus, and Mm -hmm. the square coming in from um, Jupiter at that point. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that we're really going to have our hands full with uh, fixing financial uh, situations and the economy and what to do going forward. And so, and so there's going to be almost like, I almost feel like that's a crisis energy at that eclipse as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The, the one on the 19th in particular is, Uh, looks very dicey with money, Um, the monetary stock markets, all of that. And then the one on uh, the new moon eclipse on December 4th is really more about um, cleaning it up, speaking, you know, truth and bringing in the laws um, to clean up the mess, perhaps,
0: Right. I I noticed December, you know, we do go out of 2021 on sort of a, it's going to be a better holiday season than it was in 2020 because there is a lot of cleanup going on and it gets a little lighter after the heaviness of November. Mm -hmm. And so what do you see happening, um, through December to toward the the last full moon there of the year?
1: Yeah. The last full moon is on the 19th and, um, it's in Gemini, um, with the sun in Sag, and Venus, I noticed, turns retrograde the day before for 40 days and 40 nights. So, you know, buy those Christmas presents uh, well before December 18th. I mean, you certainly um, have Black Friday in your favor. Um, that's still going to work for you. But, like, after the 18th, no, no last-minute holiday shopping next year. What's pointing to that? Well, I just always find that any kind of gifts that you buy during Venus retrograde get returned.
0: Oh, there we go. (laughs) Venus will not be your holiday gifting friend in 2021. So take advantage of Venus still going direct before the 19th of December. Yeah. And go back and listen to this podcast all year long so you can remember these key dates. So kind of summarizing then 2021, Hillary, what can we tell our listeners? Put your head down, do your work,
1: focus on your loved ones, your health, what you can control, and don't worry about what you cannot control. Um, Expect some surprises, some shocks, and, you know, just concentrate on all the the love that you have and feel uh, with your friends and partners and loved ones, and don't worry about what you cannot control.
0: I think that's great advice. I do feel like overall, it will be a better year than 2020. Absolutely. But I concur that we're going to find a lot of satisfaction with the connections we make, especially with like-minded people and groups. And we're going to be all finding our tribes next year with those aquarium planets. And, you know, there's, basically several realities happening at at once next year. We're going to have, you know, we kind of saw that in 2020, but it's like, choose your reality, choose your team, align with your higher self, align with how you want to be in the world and how you see the world and uh, don't believe everything you hear.
1: Exactly. I couldn't have said it better myself.
0: And this is 2021. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Cosmic Scene with Jill Jardine featuring my guest, Hilary Harley, astrologer extraordinaire and host of Mystical Messages podcast. You want to go back and listen to this podcast throughout the year to hear these keynote dates and activities. This is Cosmic Scene with Jill Jardine signing out, sending you healing vibrations through the quantum field.